wanna get high, man. Let's stimulate your mind. Get up, Chucky! What have we got here? Fucking comedian. <laughs> Rojan Kim. Hello, and welcome to the Rojan Jimcast. It's me, Rojan Jim. Thank you so much for joining me today for episode 233. It's a lovely, lovely Thursday afternoon. It's the end of March. March 30th, possibly 31st when this comes out. How is your March? The end of the first quarter. End of the first quarter, three months in. Just had our first press conference from our new president, and wasn't that awe-inspiring how he could get through it? I thought that was great. I have hope for the country. Things are opening up. Los Angeles is now opening up. Indoor dining. I ate in a restaurant for the first time in a year. Last time I ate in a restaurant in L.A. was my birthday last year. And then during that small window of opportunity we all had where Newsom decided to fuck all the restaurants by having them open and then shutting them right down so that they lost all that food they bought. And if you didn't have delivery, you'd be fucked. So anyways, a year later, whatever restaurants have survived in that interim are now offering indoor dining again. So I went indoors, had the dining experience. There's there's a French couple not too far from me and my lady who are all asking if they could be moved further, right? Can we be moved to fit? And the waiter's like, this is the back of the restaurant. There's nowhere you can go. And then I was like, is this some fucking, is it? fucking think is this some kung flu shit bitch some kung flu shit you froggy motherfucker huh you fucking all right no i'm just kidding i don't really i don't really listen i'm a i'm a terrible asian in the way that i am not tribal <laughs> and i'm a terrible korean in the way that i'm not uh, a korean supremacist okay that's sort of the norm for most normal asians okay but i'm not normal Okay, or a doctor, as they say, in our community. All right. Um, but yes, listen, it's all of the news, right? You had the shooting in Atlanta. You got all these. Uh, I'm on Twitter a lot. So I'll see like journalists and people, you know, whatever, just showing people Asians getting their ass beat in New York. <laughs> but this fucking granny got her head stomped in by a black guy. And then, of course, in another uh, on the train, a, a guy, a black dude is fucking just beat the shit out of this Chinese guy and choked him out and just left him for dead. Uh, and then you can see that the news isn't doing anything about the i mean there's no story here in fact the only thing i see on twitter the, the fucking conversation is bonkers people are like well that chinese guy says the n-word and that's why it's okay to almost murder him with your bare hands right he could have been speaking mandarin you know in mandarin they go nigga they, and he was like what'd you say motherfucker and then beat the shit out you know like that could have happened and so is that okay is it okay if you mishear someone saying a slur and you beat the shit out of them is that all right like, i don't think it's it doesn't make sense to allow um, people to murder each other, possibly potentially, uh, for hearing a word they didn't like. I don't think that that can't. That's not going to go well. You understand? I mean, that's only going to lead to more violence. If anything, Asians are getting strapped, and I think they should. So you know, and guess who wants gun control? Right, one side of the country wants gun control. Meanwhile, you're terrorizing Asians. Real or not, Asians are, you know, feel a sense of terror. And so what are you going to do? You're going to arm yourself, okay? I'm gonna, the Democrats hope you vote Democrat out of that fear. But honestly, the most, what, you're going to trust them to protect you? From who? Black people? 
like I said, I mean, maybe the, the white people, yeah, sure, they, they'll make a big fuss about that. But a lot of these attacks seem to be black people beating the shit out of Asians. And then it seems to be like one of the most bonkers, other bonkers thing I hear is like, oh, this is because of white supremacy. Yes, white supremacy made that. I mean, that's actually pretty racist. Like the black people have no agency. They're just puppets of white supremacy and they're just acting as their soldiers. That doesn't fucking. OK, whatever. I mean, that's that's actually the mindset of somebody who believes that. Right. The mindset of somebody who believes that really believes that people they don't they don't believe in the agency of people. They think people are so easily manipulated and then they have no will of their own that there's no free will. Meanwhile, they say that they are operating out of free will and free thinking. And I would like to beg the question that possibly you are what you accuse others of. So the people accusing these people of being agents of white supremacy perhaps are agents themselves. Not of maybe white supremacy directly, but a whole other ideology that seems equally insidious, right? This whole critical race theory thing that seems just as racist as the other side. I mean, it's basically the same thing. Same idea that, like, whiteness is something that can never be expunged. It's something that's, like, inherent to your soul. That's what the Klan believed, right? And that's what the critical race theorists believe. So, so that's basically what it seems to be. It just seems to be... Some kind of power move. Look, I'm always suspicious. I'm always, I don't know. I see them getting beaten up. I see them getting killed. Sure. But then, you know what other Asians are getting murdered? Uh, Uyghurs. And, uh, ooh, Myanmar. And, honestly, all of Asia. Uh, all of Asia, they're just getting murdered left and right. You know, in America. What about the Hmong? What about the... <laughs> what about... I mean, this is not uh, a new thing. Asians dying. Asians die. There's tons of Asians. They die everywhere. Okay. Um, but I wonder, you know, I'm always skeptical. Look, I know how media is made. I've seen what the media has been doing my whole life. I go on tirades about how, you know, the first grand manipulation was weed. They convinced everybody that weed was bad. You still, people still believe that weed is bad for you. It harms your chromosomes. It makes you lazy. This and this and that. It's all lies government and media propaganda now weed's legal and they're like oh whatever never mind they never there's never a point where the anybody media or government came out and was like you know what we were fucking bullshitting <laughs> we were just bullshitting we were bullshitting we were just you know how it is you know, you know how it is and then the wars right yeah oh we you know yeah and then and then covid we're gonna find out with covid that they were fucking bullshitting, okay? Um, everything, though. The news, is, look at their track record. Look at their track record. They said Trump would lose uh, back in 2016. Ah, this is the only time he uh, they were right, and they and they had to fucking shut down the entire economy. They had to, create, they had to do this whole thing for it, okay? I have a, my own, listen. Last year, the conspiracy theory was that they would have vaccine passports, because of COVID, and everybody was like, oh, come on, now the Democrats are advocating, there are people online advocating for vaccine passport. You know, it's good. It's good to have uh, papers, biometric papers that decide where where you can't go. I just saw this thing in New York, if they put in a vaccine passport, they're going to make it so that the databases are all accessible. So that means they can look up your name and address and then see your medical history. Is that... Is that cool with you? Is that what you'd like? You'd like your medical access? You know, the idea of a vaccine passport now means opening your medical history to every government agency, anybody who wants to check you out to see. You, you know what I mean? Like, but you're okay. You're okay with that? All right. You're okay with uh, 
a mandatory vaccine that's experimental for a disease that only affects people over 85 and everybody else has about a 99.9% survival rate. Um, and you want everybody to be marked, marked so that you can do commerce. Hmm. That's interesting. seems like that's in the Bible. So I don't know. It's in the Bible. I think somebody brought that up. Some, you know, I'm sure some Christian con- congressperson woman, I think, was like, this is like the mark of the beast. And then everybody, like, yeah, blah. yeah. And Twitter, somebody was like, you know what's really the mark of the beast? Trump hats. Yeah, MAGA hats, Trump of the beast. And everybody was like, Trump of the beast, mark of the beast. Like a MAGA hat is the mark of the beast. Uh, like everybody, and I don't know. I found the Bible verse and it said, he who does not bear the mark cannot buy or sell. Right. And I was like, I don't know, man. Mark of the Beast sounds more like some kind of document that uh, allows you to do commerce as opposed to some game show host's merch. You know what I'm saying? You're talking about merch. You're talking about actual commerce. With the Mark of the Beast, you cannot buy or sell MAGA hats. You know what I mean? That's it. Um, So, I mean, if you were to really extrapolate what that means is that, you know how, like, PayPal stop taking like Jordan Peterson's shit or Patreon, you know, that could be Mark of the Beast, but it doesn't totally prevent him. He still has a way. Right. He still has got a way to go. Uh, I mean, now that's what Bitcoin's all about. Right. So you can get off of that system and get your payments without getting canceled. Of course, maybe they'll make it so that I don't know. You can't even get the Internet unless you have a vaccine. You know, maybe they'll make it so that I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, that was a conspiracy theory last year. This year, it's fact. So now I'm like, you know what? The news seems to be either incompetent or willingly lying to us it isn't far-fetched to take everything they say with a grain of salt and be suspicious, be skeptical, look into things. So for me, I started thinking about this, and I was like, okay, if indeed it is true that the media is by and large not working in the interests of the people, but working in the interests of corporate, um, corporate interests and also political interests, and it seems that overwhelmingly the news media is leaning one way, which is centrist Democrat. Fox, you got centrist Republican, but they're no better because they fucking outed Trump. You know what I mean? They said Arizona won Trump, Arizona won for Biden way before it even did, and whatever. There's a, there's a lot of kerfuffle and a lot of feelings that Fox is compromised because Rupert Murdoch's daughter hated Trump. Okay, so a lot of Trump hate. So even the one channel where it's supposed to be the other side there's only two sides there's only two sides okay the running narrative is that one side is good and one side is evil that seems to be though controlled by the people who run the narratives a tiny fraction of that narrative is the other side and that side is demonized okay but even in fox which is a tiny fraction of the other side most of them have capitulated most of them are like centrists and you have like Tucker Carl, you have like two or three people out of the entire network that kind of represent what half the voting public is actually uh, behind. Isn't that weird? Right? Like if there really was a mandate against Trump, wouldn't have it been a landslide? Wouldn't have Biden, wouldn't have there been a blue wave? Why would the Republicans gain 14 seats in the House if there was a public mandate against Republicanism and Trumpism and all that? Why? 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 You know what else is funny? Um, Asians. Asians. Voting Asians. More of them ended up voting for Trump. Isn't that interesting? Latinos, too. Latino, Black men. These are all minority groups. You know, Trump was a Nazi. He's against you. He hates you. He wants to put you in death camps. Yet somehow these people decided to vote for him. Now, of course, the other side will say, 
well, it's white supremacy. <laughs> Just like the explanation of why a black person beats up an Asian person. It's white supremacy. They're being controlled. They're being controlled by the white supremacist code. Right? Say the cult members. The cult members are accusing you of entering a cult. Is it possible that they're free-thinking individuals? Is it possible that they saw what the message was and then looked into it and said, you know what? I don't agree with that. I'm going with this guy. Is it possible that they saw an encroaching sense of something familiar like communism going on in the media and the public and so they decided okay i i'm not for that is it possible that they're free thinking free americans who have the right to vote which way you want there's only two fucking parties and you're saying there's only one way to vote that's not freedom i mean it's barely freedom to only have two parties now you're going to restrict it to just one only one side's good one side's bad that seems like totalitarianism i mean it really does so anyways here's my conspiracy theory i think all this stuff about the Asians, the whole the, the sort of hyper Asianization in the media. I think it's a conspiracy theory. Okay, okay, this is my conspiracy theory. I think it's a fear campaign designed to terrorize Asians because so many of them voted for Trump, right? Despite the media's attempt to freak them out about Trump in the first place, right? Because they freaked them out about the, you know, Kung flu and the whatever. And, you know, and so they're connecting these violent incidents to Trump because they need the ratings. You understand? They need the, you think they really care about Asians? They don't care about Asians, man. They don't care about Asians this whole time. They didn't care about Asians until now. And now they're like, oh, look at them getting their asses beaten. Look at this and look at this and look at this. And it's just like, can I see the total number of everybody getting their asses beaten and, sh and shot, please? Can I see them all? How about you just show them all instead of just showing me the Asians? It just seems, say, hey, look at the, you know, and it's freaking everybody out. It's freaking people out. Asian people are scared. Asia, of course, because they, and think of how this tactic is the same tactic as the coronavirus. The fear of the coronavirus. Fear. There's a lot of fear being generated. The director of the fucking CDC was like, I'm terrified of impending doom. And she was just panicking on the air. We're all going to die. And meanwhile, on the ground, everything is fine. Cases are plummeting. Look at the graphs. Cases are plummeting. People are coming back. Everything It's kind of run through the population. People are ready to get back. And meanwhile, she's like, just wait it out, please. Wait it out because of the impending death. It's like, what kind of fucking official is this? You're fucking making panic? And the news is doing nothing to question her and be like, are you sure? Because these numbers, you could just show, pull up a graph, pull up all the graphs, all the graphs. It doesn't matter what the strategy was. It doesn't matter if you fucking lock down. It doesn't matter if you fucking head mask. It doesn't matter. The curves are all the same. That's not even a question being asked. Not the lady, head of the CDC says impending doom, and everybody runs impending doom, and it's like cases are falling. Fucking heading into summer, where seasonality makes sure that the virus goes up in the southern hemisphere when the weather conditions are you know better for respiratory diseases down there and then it's going to come back in the fall just like the goddamn flu just like the cold just like every respiratory virus but meanwhile i think i think the real impending doom is what will happen when people start realizing that it wasn't the government that got rid of the vaccine you know the impending doom is people figuring out that the government's trying to take credit for seasonality. I think that's the impending. <laughs> it's like if you don't wait, a, people open up before the vaccines roll out and they see everything's fine, people are getting better, um, you know, they're gonna be like, wait a minute, why did we lock down in the first place? Why did we lock down in the first place? You know, people are raising questions like, you know, young people, like, should I as a 21 year old take an experimental vaccine just so 
old people are okay. I mean, it doesn't even affect, it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't really make sense until you find out that, did you know that the vaccine companies have zero liabilities? They, they were given zero. So if anybody dies or whatever, they can't be sued at all. Meanwhile, this is an experimental vaccine that's rushed way ahead of schedule. These things take years, and instead it's rushed out. It's also experimental technology, mRNA. And I'm not like a doomsayer anti-vaxxer. I'm just saying that's what it is. It's what it is. I'm not saying it's going to be good, going to be bad. I'm just saying that's what it is, and they didn't have the time to do all the clinical trials. So in some way, this general population is a clinical trial, is a type of clinical trial. So I guess they'll get more data. You know, and this goes for all medicines. I mean, this is not just the vaccine. You know, all medicines have a period, a clinical trial period, and even when they come out, it, it, you might fucking die from it. You know, you might. So that's the risk you take. So I'm personally not, you know, I'm not really taking a stand on the vaccine. I, what I don't like is mandatory vaccines. I don't like, I think you should be free to go do it, but you should also be, they should really be like, okay, what age are you? This is the risk of you getting it and having serious complications. Do you still? Meanwhile, this is the risk of getting the vaccine and having serious complications. It's up to you to decide, would you like to take the risk? Risk getting sick outside or risk getting sick from the vaccine for the peace of mind? And then, of course, take the vaccine again ne next year. But anyways, I mean, you ever stop and look at the numbers about how big an industry uh, the vaccine, it's $85 billion. Okay, Actually, I think $85 billion is the total of the PPEs um, and the vaccine. Anyways, that's all, that's not a small amount of money in one year that just popped up. Ah, oh, Rojan, you're so cynical. Everything's not about economics. Really? Everything's not about money. Really? Really? Everything's not about economics? Everything's not about politics? Everything's not about manipulating people to get your own ends to for your own means? Everything's... Because that's what it looks like on the ground. Like, if you really use your eyes and look and see, don't listen. Don't listen to what they're saying. Just look and see. That seems to be what's happening. We're still at war. We're still at multiple wars. We're in a forever war, all under false pretenses, and we all know, and we're all going on with it. Here he goes again with the war. War on drugs. War on terror. War on COVID. All the wars. Okay? seem to be power grabs, seem to be ways of controlling people through fear, using fear to, like, get policy done, to make money, really, right? And maybe run a scientific experiment or two. I don't know. So anyways, that's my theory. That's my conspiracy theory. The whole Asian thing. I'm not saying it's not happening. It is happening. But you know what? Fucking violent crime is on the rise. If you look, just, it's a, homicides have doubled in L.A., uh, I'm looking at this article. It says homicides have double sharp increase in violent crime reports to LAPD. Uh, one year spike in New York City of homicide rate. Massive one year spike. It's like, why? Why? What? Could it be because of uh, oh, a year like no other for LA crime? Homicide surge, robberies, crime trending. Why is crime increasing? Crime, crime is. Could it be because the economy was shut down? <laughs> could it be? See, they're all trying to blame Trump. See, they're trying to blame Trump and saying that it was his rhetoric that led to, without looking at, oh, what about when you shut the economy down and nobody has a job and everybody gets, starts getting desperate and then you add fear on top of that? What about that? Listen, Asians are seen as an easy target. It's kind of, I don't know, I should, you, you should really think about the confounding variables of making the claim that people are targeted because they're Asian. People are targeted because they're weak. People, criminals target the weak criminals target the defenseless the people who they what you need to do is 
you strap, you get strapped, and a couple of these criminals get shot down by an Asian granny, and then they'll start thinking twice, okay? Fucking Asian grannies, strapped Asian grannies, just mowing down little criminal hoodlums trying to rob them. You get yourself a little Bernie Getz situation. Bernie Getz in uh, the 70s in New York City gunned down like five black kids because they fucking tried to mug him, and he was set free because the city was said enough with the crime. They said enough with the crime and the people fucking, and this was coming off of the 60s and the fucking, you know, the fucking civil rights and all that. And then by the deep 70s, New York was like, eh, fucking, just let him go. Let the guy go. I would have done the same. That's how people fucking feel. Do you understand? That's what's only what's going to happen as the crime rate rises. And what's interesting is like, if you put it in the context of maybe there's a giant increase in crime all around on the whole population, perhaps because of the economy, then you start asking questions. Well, how did we get here? Was that because of the um, shutdown? Well, can we look at some crime statistics in, say, Florida, where the economy is better, where the unemployment rate is half of California's? Can we take a look at the violent crime? How, how's the violent crime there? It's all right. It's all right. I mean, Atlanta is where the shooting was, sure, and Atlanta was open, you know, uh, but shootings happen. I mean, shootings have, you know, shooting happened in Boulder, where it's a blue state. Like, I mean, did, I mean, shootings. This is not a, a new thing with us. People get shot now. I'm just trying to racialize it, right? The shooting in Boulder, they're like, it was a white supremacist or whatever. And it turned out to be a Muslim Syrian guy who was doing it for uh, for ISIS, basically, for the Holy War. But there's, of course, then it's just like, no. There, there was a joke uh, tweet went out. It was like, shooter was more Muslim Arabic, but morally white. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> that's why see it's like race is really a convenient way of dividing people and nowadays it's the the easiest the people you can demonize are white people right next people you can demonize are the people who don't follow along with the mean girls club yeah that's what it is and speaking of mean girls club so yeah ken jong ken jong was on seth meyer and he was like he linked he's like the people people are you know asians are getting beat up because of the violent rhetoric from trump you know, he's like, this Kung flu shit has got to stop. And then people are like, yeah. And he's like, we're going to show him. Not by guns, but we're going to show him by voting in the booth. Right, guys? Yeah. Ken Jong. Ken Jong says that Kung flu is the reason why these Asian women get shot. Ken Jong, who is basically an Asian minstrel. Have you seen him in The Hangover? He's a I'm the hangover. But really, Kung Flu is the reason why these Asian women were shot. Hang you. Oh, oh, hey, why you say that? I'm in the car. I'm in the hangover. Hangover two. Hangover three. Hangover. Yeah. But this violent rhetoric from Trump is really the reason why Asian anti-Asian sentiment is on the rise. Oh, look at me. I'm a ching chong. Ching chong. Ching chong. Ho, ho. Ching chong. Give me the money. Give me the money. Really, this violent rhetoric against Asians is the reason. I mean, look, if the rhetoric saying Kung Flu doesn't seem as offensive as going chong, 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 chong. I mean, just because he's Asian and he's doing it, doesn't that affect the... By his own thesis, he's a bigger killer than Trump is. He's He's got more blood on his hands. He's done more to denigrate Asians and the image of Asians in the collective unconscious and in the minds of these racists, right? If they're out there, you're only feeding into that stereotype even more so. And now you blame Trump. You blame people who say Kung Flu instead of, oh, I'm Hollywood, Hollywood Asia, mask dancer. Yeah. Oh, I'm Ken Jong. It's fucking garbage comedy. That's his, that was his comedy. That was, I tried to watch his special. That was, oh, did it. I'm 
not even offended. Honestly, it's more offensive to comedy than any Asian-ness. You know what I mean? Like, he would say his Asian comic friends would just be like, what the fuck? Why? But he, of course, killed. Of course, he murdered because he, he was in South Carolina. So in South Carolina, he pandered to the so-called white supremacists that he's he's saying, he's saying, oh, disavowing right now. He fucking, those people built him. Those people paid the money that booked him, made him successful, got him seen, got him fucking cast, got this and this and that. And now that he's in Hollywood on the other side, now that the people who pay his bills, I mean, besides the doctor shit, so they don't really, but now that the people give him clout, you know what? And that actually shows it's not about money. It's about being liked. Now that the people who give him clout are on the other side of the political spectrum, he's fucking pandering to them. So the man is a panderer. He's a pander bear. Okay, Ken Jeong is a fucking panderer. So I think it's incredibly dangerous and incredibly harmful what he's done with his entire career. If what he says is true by his own words, he is the worst perpetrator of anti-Asian crime. So now I will say that it's Ken Jeong. Ken Jeong is the reason why those women were shot. I mean, that's just as ridiculous. The claim, the claim is just as preposterous, okay? Ken Jeong, of all people, who fucking ching-chonged his way to becoming a Hollywood star, you know? And then he uses the fact that he's a doctor. He's like, I'm a doctor, and I'm a... And it's just like, oh, wait. So you're a doctor, and then you did comedy? So you didn't even need to do comedy. What the... F you didn't even... You got into comedy, and you did hack shit. Okay, you're a doctor. You're saving lives. That's good. Why wouldn't you keep doing that? Why wouldn't you keep doing that? So instead of continuing to do that, you, you ching-chonged your way into stardom and fucking, you know, now you're a house gook, okay? You're a goddamn house gook, and that's, all right. <laughs> I can't, you know, if I put that out, I mean, in tech, if I called this episode Ken Jong is a house gook, do you think I would get a engagement? <laughs> do you think I would get flagged? <laughs> do you think, fuck. I don't know. I think, honestly, it's like the whole news establishment. It's just like, why you not vote blue? Right? That's basically, it's just like they're being Asian parents. And Asian parents love to torture their kids psychologically through fear and intimidation. I was regularly threatened with getting the cops called on me. Okay? My, my dad or my stepmom, they'd be like, we're calling the cops on you to make me behave. And really, in this day and age, you see what they do with people of color? That's a death sentence. They were about to sentence me to death. I mean, come on. Come on. So I feel like here we have fear. It's a fear narrative. There's a political um, there's a political angle to it. There's a sensationalist angle to it. There's a money-making angle to it. You know, there's a real sort of social pressure element to it. Hollywood Asians are terrible. They fucking, they just all bow down. Hollywood Asians bend the knee, okay? Conservative Asians bend to no one but they still bow because they respect their own culture. You know what I mean? The fucking conservative Asians still still bow. Hollywood Asians bend the knee, you know, say their names, do all the symbolic gestures they need to get in with the elite, the cultural elite. Hollywood Asians are trying to be part of the cultural elite, so they got to play ball. You, gotta, you can't have your own opinions. And, you know, stereotypical as this is, Asians are pretty good at that, okay? Asians are pretty good at just assimilating in and being like, what do you guys believe? What do we got here? Okay, let's do it. Doubling down. Koreans are really good at it. They're fucking, what are you guys? Confucian? Yeah, buddy. What are you, Buddhist? Oh, we're fucking double that. Are you Christian? Oh, yeah, we're crazy Christian. Yeah, we're crazy. What are you, capital? Oh, I'm capitalist. Fuck. Communist? Let's go double. Oh, I'm the most communist country in the world. I mean, that's Korea, right? So, I don't know. 
I don't, it doesn't, I bet a year from now, you'll find, you may find that, you know, there, there's some internal memos about like, we got to do something about these Asians. <laughs> Why are all these Asians voting for Trump? We got to do something about it. We just scared the shit out of him. See, I think, you know, who else? Latinos also tried. Uh, I think you'll see some infighting there soon between conservative and liberal Latinos, right? Uh, black people, you see it already. It's happening, you know. This is the fake war, pe- Coke and Pepsification, right? The fucking Android and Google or Google and Appleification. The fucking just creating two sides. The KFAB of um, pro wrestling, where they create a conflict, get everybody involved, make it look like there's two sides, and the whole thing's actually engineered, or the outcome is actually attempted to be engineered, right? I don't know. I mean, yeah, we're, oh, maybe I'm, I've gone full action Jones again. I've got the documents. I've got the documents right here. And this is what I'm saying. Ken Jong is a Hollywood operative. He's a Chinese operative sent here to under. <laughs> that would be awesome if you found out Ken Jong is actually working for the CCP. <laughs> it's all time. It's actually like, and fucking, oh, the Koreans would be like, he's a junkie motherfucker. Holy shit. They do not like that. They do not like that. <laughs> Anyways, I think all of this is. Fear, uncertainty, doubt. Fear, uncertainty, doubt. Um, where you know where I hear that? Fear, uncertainty, doubt. You know where I hear that a lot? In the Bitcoin community. Yes, Rogan's coming back to Bitcoin again. But Bitcoin, yeah, Bitcoin. They talk about fear, uncertainty, doubt. They call it FUD. FUD to diminish it. FUD to just be like, ah, that's energy FUD. That's that FUD. Because all of that is addressed. All of the fear, uncertainty, doubt in the 12 years of its history has been addressed. And people who come up and bring it up, they go, illicit activity, uh, energy consumption, uh, the government might ban it. This, uh, you know, these are all different things that have been addressed. And people still bring them up as um, a, a way to say no You know, to Bitcoin, to not even look at it, to not open their eyes and just look. Just look at it with your own eyes to listen to what people are saying. See, that's part of you're just parroting what people are, are saying to you instead of looking with your own eyes and investigating for yourself and coming to your own conclusion. Okay, that's what the state, that's what the powers that be, that's what the corporate media, that's what everybody, all these systems of power, they don't want you to do that. This is all part of the fundamental part of critical thinking being taken out of education. They, they don't want you to be like, okay, I hear all this stuff and they're telling me this is reality, but what if I looked into it and came up to my own conclusion? That's the most dangerous thing you can do. You understand? The free thinker, the critical thinker is the biggest enemy in an ideological war. You understand? Like you got, you got, you're good and you're evil. You got your Christians versus whoever, like you got, you got these two sides and you got your Antifas and your, you know, proud boys, whatever you got. But the person who's like, wait, hold on. Can we just examine everything? That, that's the worst person. Cause that unravels the whole war that stops the war. The enemy perpetuates the war, but the critical thinker is threatening because the war could stop through reason. You don't want to read that. You're, this whole thing runs on emotion. Everything's running on emotion. That's why it's fear. That's why there's so much fear. Think of how much uh, reasoning there actually is when you read these reports about the fucking CDC's director saying impending doom. No numbers. Impending doom. What shows the fucking numbers, you fucking moron? Impending doom. Panic. Right? Killing the aliens. Show us some fucking numbers. Can we have a society that's built on reason or do we just have to be hysterical just everything makes us hysterical and we just you know it's great for marketing hysterical people 
because they'll just buy stuff out of fear. They'll just do stuff out of fear. You know, critical thinking people will not just buy something out of an emotional response. They'll be like, whoa, wait a minute. I don't need that. I don't think that's true. Right. And so Bitcoin is where you find that the Bitcoin community. Okay. The, um, what I find exciting, what's happening right now, and maybe it's just because I started getting into a lot of Bitcoin Twitter, uh, is is the convergence of my Twitter feeds. The Bitcoiners are converging with the political part of my feed. Uh, they're converging with the the journalist part of my feed. They're converging with some of the comedy part of my feed. That like you could see this convergence happening, this debating, this fucking merging of these different communities. And then what I'm seeing, I love it. What I see is what I love, and I understand why this is, you know, I have been orange-pilled. Um, I'm becoming further and further orange-pilled. I have to start making more steps to become further orange-pilled. And I see that I'm on the right track because like-minded people, completely independent of the news or anything else, are coming to the same conclusions as I am. Um, not to say that I'm a genius or whatever. I'm just saying I'm reading what greater people than I are, are writing. And I'm, con- I, my conclusion is that they're right. <laughs> okay. It's not like I didn't conclude what they wrote. You should go read all this shit. You know, read, there's so much stuff out there to look at, to go down It's a giant rabbit hole and it's years and years of study. Okay. I mean, that's what it takes. So it takes to f- truly grasp it. So on some level, I think that's what Matt Odell says, you know, stay humble, stack sets, stay humble, try to stay humble it's just like jujitsu and comedy. Just like, just try to stay humble, you know. Try to stay humble and learn, and fail, and learn, and learn through failure, and that's all you can really do. But also to be open-minded enough to be like, okay, yeah, I'm a smart guy, whatever. But maybe I have no idea what this is, and maybe I should come in as a white belt. White belt mentality. That's what jujitsu helped me with is the white belt mentality, right? You always come in being like, okay, I'm learning, I'm learning. You know, that way it's never about winning in jujitsu, it's never about trying to tap. You know, you're learning. That's why comedy, too, when you start, you, you want to get last, but that can't be the only goal because what you start doing is sacrificing how good you could be, how present you could be for the laugh. So then you'll always just kind of ape and mimic the things you did to get a laugh. Like Ken Jong would ape and mimic. And do something that was completely unoriginal, but got lots of laughs because he was pandering to the crowd and he was willing to be the fool. And there, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, personally. Honestly, I think there's nothing wrong with that if you fucking are consistent and say, hey, you know, if Ken Jeong, if he was intellectually and morally consistent, would say, it's terrible what happened, but I don't think, you know, we should scare people with this rhetoric that's not provable you know and we live in a free country so people are allowed to express what they want and yeah it's shitty for someone maybe to have said kung flu or maybe as a comedian he's like you know what it's actually kind of funny kind of funny to me and i don't think it did a lot of harm didn't do as much harm as a guy shooting people like that's for sure maybe we should talk about that uh maybe we should talk about why that guy did maybe we should learn to empathize with him i don't know i don't know i can't tell ken jong what to do just stop being a house gook you fucking all right. I'll, f- I'll fuck Ken Jung up if I see him on the street. I'll fuck up Ken Jung. If I fucking see Ken Jung, I'm going to fucking... Oh, all right. Um, anyways, uh, a lot of people are turned off by what they call the toxicity of the Bitcoin community. The toxicity. They're so toxic because you come in and you go, hey, how come Bitcoin can't do this? Or I've got a Dogecoin or I've got that. And how come you do that? You know, they come into the Bitcoin community and just they kind of come in big dicking. Okay. This actually happened with Eric Weinstein, right? Who I used to listen to. And then I stopped because I was like, I don't understand what the fuck this guy's talking about. 
And I'm like, well, I feel like, you know, people have called me smart, but I don't go around going, I'm smart. And I, maybe I'm not smart enough to understand. And then I started seeing him go into the Bitcoin community and then trying to apply his own, I don't know what the fuck, he calls a gauge theory, his own thing, his whole mathematic thing. And he's like, Bitcoin needs to do this. And then they fucking just trounced him. He just fucking humbled him. I mean, it made him even admit that, like, okay, I didn't, you know what I mean? Like, because it took more scientists, more physicists, more people who knew exactly what they were talking about and how to address what he was saying and then translate it to people and then be like, see, he's wrong. Uh, and people who are used to being experts, people who are used to being looked up to as professors, teachers, you know, people who are used to being venerated, they, you know, they don't like it when they come into something and they're like a babe in the woods. They don't like being a white belt again. People who are black belts in certain things don't want to be white belts. You know what I mean? They don't want to go back. They don't want to go back to being a white belt. But the thing is, in jiu-jitsu, you learn that when you get your black belt, it's like you're getting your white belt. Okay? It's like you're starting over. It's a, it's a level of humility. Okay? It's a level of humility that goes with understanding that it's not about you. It's not about the belt. It's about the art. And the art continues to grow faster than you, and you have to be humble to the art. Stay humble. Just tap. Okay? If you have any, you got to let your ego go. If you do jujitsu, somebody has you, and you don't tap, bad things are going to happen. So just tap. Let go. Then you learn. You start again. Okay? Stay humble. Just tap. Okay? Fucking comedy. Look, you got to fucking, you have two goals, to get laughs, but also to become a better comic. Okay? You, those two things can come at the expense of each other, but through years of grueling through it and fucking bombing, right? You stay humble, get laughs, right? That's it. Stay humble, get laughs. You still want to get laughs, but you still, you don't need, you don't want to be authentic, right? Or at least don't be a fucking, yeah, I don't know. Don't be a hack house gook like fucking Ken Jong. All right. Um, Stay humble, stack sats. Shout out to the Citadel Dispatch, Tales from the Crypt Podcast, Matt O'Dell, Marty Bent. Check those guys out, man. You got to check. Th- I mean, if you want to go deep, check them out. If you want to start on the surface, what Bitcoin did, Preston Pish. These are people to look into. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, let's round the bend. What are we talking about? So the Bitcoin toxicity, I don't know. It, to me, they're like, they try to call Bitcoin toxic masculinity. They try to connect it to the Trump movement. They try to connect it. And it just won't work because Bitcoin doesn't give a fuck. And all those attempt, all those attempts at creating FUD, all that is is better for people who are stacking right now. All right? Because that'll drive the price down. Less people will come in and people will fucking stack. And here's the thing. Okay? People think of Bitcoin as a form of currency. And they're like, well, there's U.S. currency, yen. Why won't they be? Why, why won't there be tons of currencies? And there's sodas, right? There's Diet Coke and Pepsi and there's fucking Fanta. Like, why won't there be a ton of sodas, right? And languages. Look, see, we all have different languages. Why won't there be a ton of languages? And that's true. That's, that's, that's good. But I think those are the wrong analogies. So when you start understanding Bitcoin beyond the currency, the currency is like the surface level. The currency is like the hot girl. You know what I mean? That just how she looks. But you got to peer into her soul, peer into the veneer, peer into her character. What will she be there for you? Will she fucking try to eat you after the apocalypse? You know what I'm saying? Will she fucking throw you under the bus when the shit gets going rough? Like these are character things you look for in a long term partnership, right? And Bitcoin is a long term partnership. So you got to look under the veneer and you got to understand that there's a currency. But then there's also a protocol and a network. 
And learning about what that is allows you to understand, oh, okay, so that's why, that's why you gotta understand that those aren't even the right questions. Listen, there have been all kinds of currencies in the world. There've been fucking giant stone rocks. There've been cowrie shells. There've been this and that, okay? But the currencies that have survived were all based on the gold standard. Those are the only ones that have survived to this day. Okay? They eventually became decoupled from gold and became fiat because of central banks and blah, 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 blah. But they're the only ones that's, that's why we don't still use those yap stones and calorie shells. Okay? That's why. Because it was bad money. Okay? The best money was attached to gold because gold was a sound base layer for a monetary system because of its scarcity and blah, blah, blah. Okay? That's what Bitcoin's trying to do. So, you know, why there's d- tons of sodas, all kinds of soda. Yeah, but all sodas are based on carbonated water. You fuck it. If it's not carbonated, it's not soda, right? It's just juice or drink or whatever. And if it's not water, I don't know what. If it's oil, you don't drink carbonated oil, right? We don't drink carbonated, fucking, I don't know what other vinegar, right? You know, you don't I mean. I guess that's kombucha, but you know what I'm saying. Kombucha is not soda. All right. And then what? Language, language, right? Yes, there's different languages, but you know what? They're all based on a limited range of phonemes that human beings are capable of making because of our physiology, and it's limited to the language centers of our brains that have a very strict set of cognitive rules that you can see Chomsky, I think, was sort of uh, the one who sort of saw that. You look, there's actually a syntax going on, and you can switch the syntax around, but there's a pattern, there's an operating system of sorts when it comes to language. So it doesn't matter what language you speak, you all have the same language center in your brain and the same mouth and tongue and whatever to make the noises. Same range of noises. Every All babies go mama and baba. And that's why most languages, mom and pop or mama and papa, whatever. That's those are the words because of the phonemes we naturally make. Okay. So you see, see that how it's the wrong analogy. You're not asking. Bitcoin is not a language. Bitcoin is the operating system in the brain. Get it? So it's a base layer protocol base layer protocol so there's no point so you build all that other stuff you're asking about on top of it that's why people call other coins shit coins you know that's why the bitcoin maximalists whatever as they were called by the ethereum people like that's why they are demonized you know that's why they're like why is it so toxic and why is it that and i'll tell you why because it's a reality-based movement it's a reality-based movement and this appeals to me as a comedian appeals to me as a jujitsu practitioner it appeals to me as a human being interested in the truth right that there is a whole community that is dedicated to ripping the veneer off of for now it's currency so fiat cuck bucks like ripping the veneer off of it and being look see see why this is not sound and this is sound see that and then that extends okay that extends to other things that extends to politics that extends to media that extends to all of human society Read Bitcoin is Mycelial by Brandon Quidham. Um, it's great. It's a great co- uh, comparison of how Bitcoin as a network is very similar to a mycelial network that uh, where mushrooms spawn from. Of course, I love the mushrooms, so that's why, you know, it, that spoke to me. Just read all the Alan Farrington, Bitcoin is Venice, okay? Uh, Der Gigi, Bitcoin is Time, okay? Uh, be- I don't know. These are, these are kind of high-level things. If you want to read something more simple uh google the bullish case for bitcoin start there read the bitcoin standard by saifedean amus and of course finally if you are interested in yourself stacking satoshis 
one one hundredth of a Bitcoin. You don't have to buy full Bitcoins. It's because it's at 50 days. It's just too late. No, it's not too late. Stack Sats. If you want to stack Sats, one of the best places I found, the easiest places and sort of set it and forget it way, not having to dabble in shitcoinery or anything like that, is Swan Bitcoin. Swan Bitcoin is just a service you set up, you give them your uh, credit card or bank account, bank account or debit card info, and you can set up like recurring buys once a fucking day, once a week, once a month, whatever. Just set it up, set it and forget it. Have a little savings account, just a little bit. You don't have to put everything into it like me. You don't have to be a degen like me and borrow against it and then put that money into it and then fucking, you know, take the profit. You don't have to do any of that. Set it and forget it. 10 bucks a day, 10 bucks a week, 10 bucks a month, whatever. Okay? Just put it in and just set it and forget it. And then I get a little kickback. I get 10 bucks or something. I get a little kickback too. So go to swanbitcoin.com slash Rogin. R-O-G-I-N. Cool. Um, well, I think that's about it for the Kimcast today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I am dealing with creating, setting up my lightning node, uh, fucking having some technical issues back on Libsyn for now, whatever. I'm, I'm sure the 10 of you really care, but I am approaching this podcasting 2.0 thing seriously because it is really a path to monetization, you know, a path to, I don't know, to the new paradigm, the new way of doing things, okay? The old ways are crumbling. The institution, the institutions are crumbling. Our president is undergoing decline. It's, it's a, our country is a reflection of the president. So we're a country in decline. We're a country. You're an overconfident yet retarded country who likes to plagiarize, and that's us. That's us. Just like we were a brash game show host guy who didn't really care how the system ran and thought naively that. Just because he was awesome, he could change things. You know, just like that. Just like that. Just like, you know, every single president is a mirror, right? And now we're at this phase of the mirror where it's like, ooh. <laughs> it's rough. But anyways, I think I'm a forever, uh, I'm an optimist forever. I've always been optimistic. I joined the Optimist Club when I was a kid and made speeches, okay? I'm fucking I was in the I'm a fucking optimist, okay? Bitcoin is part of what has helped me uh solidify my optimism cuz I am actually opti- without Bitcoin I was optimistic, but it was kind of a delusional. I just believed in human goodness, human ingenuity. I just believe in human progress and people want actually do want to make things better. And then when Bitcoin comes along and you listen to the people understanding the protocol and the network and talking about how bitcoin itself can change things like energy you want to talk about energy fud bitcoin's boiling the oceans more renewable energy is used to mine bitcoin than any other industry bitcoin naturally moves towards clean energy that can't be tapped by people in order to monetize it and make use of it so it's actually creating energy efficiency Oil and gas companies won't have to produce as much oil, gas, because the profit margins can be increased by having mining rigs right where they produce their oil. I mean, this is just a little bit of it. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the fear and down, whatever. These are people trying to maintain the status quo. These are people trying to make sure you stay poor. These are people trying to make sure that you have nothing while they have everything. Do you understand? The rich are buying up all the assets. They want you to just have money. They want to just dump money on you. Oh, yeah, like as if it means something. Yeah, like hold on to that stuff. Hold, save your dollars. Make sure you save your dollars with your 0.1 interest 
uh, raid on your savings account. Yeah, right. They're not doing that. They're fucking buying everything. That's why everything, all the price inflation is going on in assets because everybody's buying that up because they know the writing's on the wall. Don't hold those cuck bucks. Stack sats. It's the only thing you do. What do you do? Get land? You're going to get gold? You're going to get stacks of gold? You're going to try to do that? You're going to try to fucking ching chong your way into Hollywood and hopefully they'll just pour millions of dollars onto you as long as you fucking just check in with uh, what is the right thing I have to say? No, that's what you want? That's fucking bullshit. Be free. Free yourself. Decentralize. Free. Self-host. All that stuff. All right. I don't know. That's it for me. Follow me on Twitter. Find me at RojanKim.com. Soon. New websites coming soon. All that stuff. Stuff soon. New stuff will come. But before that, there will be another episode next week. So until then, yeah.